Hey y'all, hey! Happy March and happy Women's History Month. We are so excited to be back with another episode. And this month, we are focused on the ladies. Well, specifically in this episode, we talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Listen, we don't know what God has given you to birth, but she birthed the whole Messiah. And so we just get into a conversation about what type of woman could even handle that type of assignment. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, girls. Hey. Hey, for the morning to you guys. It's not even morning. Right. I'm like, what? It is in my mind. Right. Time change has messed all of us up. Time change is disrespectful. But that's okay. We're here on this beautiful Sunday. Um... I'm super excited this month, as you guys may know out there listening, that we are tackling one topic a month. It keeps us focused and tuned in uh, to something. And this month, being that it is Women's History Month, we decided to talk about the beautiful ladies of the Bible, specifically Mary and her little lamb. <laughs> so, um, first of all, this might be the craziest thing to say, but I don't know how y'all feel. This is a random question. But when you think about your identity as a human, do you first think woman, black, Christian? Like, what is the first thing like that you use to define yourself? She's starting off deep. <laughs> <laughs> is it deep woman first you said a woman first yeah I can't identify like you you're born like you I think about just being born like you you're born of like male female mm-hmm. which is more <laughs> um, so you identify that you don't know you don't learn that you're black, white, purple, pink, like girls, boys, heterosexual, homosexual. You don't learn all those things till later in life. So, I don't know. First identity is a woman. Okay. Robin, are you still thinking? Well, honestly, I, I 100% agree with Brandy in terms of, um, like, when I first... I guess if I'm identifying myself, if I'm giving somebody a description, my first thing would be, yes, I am a woman. But like when you first asked the question, my knee-jerk reaction was alive. (laughs) I identify as being alive. And I'm going to say this, and I guess uh, it's probably for a sermon later, but (laughs) I'm finding myself having to get out of the mindset of these distinguishing factors mm-hmm. and I'm, I, I take it to scripture but there's this most simple beautiful prayer that jesus prays to god the father that says that i pray they be as one as we are as one mm-hmm. i promise you ever since i read that and it's been years since i read it it's just kind of been in my in my thought pattern like as i matriculate 
through thinking that how do we get to this place of unity and unifying? And so that was just, I guess it's, it's kind of off topic, but when you first asked the question, like that was my immediate response. I'm alive. That's how I identify. Yeah. Robin, you make a good point that see this identity stuff, like <laughs> it's, I feel like the world trying to get us to a place where we're moving far from because everybody want to identify all kinds of ways and not just like what we've normally been doing and slowly but surely, I don't know if y'all have been noticing, but if people have been putting pronouns in like emails or asking people to refer to them as they or not anything, uh, oh gosh, what's the right adjective to describe? Anyway, not putting a, a um, gender. Like gender-specific? Gender mm-hmm. Yeah, not adding a gender to it. And it's crazy that we're getting to that point that people don't want to identify with anything. Yeah. We've seen that you shift. What and, do you identify as? Yeah, I was going to just respond to Brandon. We've seen that shift in the last couple of years. It, it definitely is very different. So I would say really before this year probably that I've thought about it I usually first identify as being black like that's just like my first and I don't know if it's just because like growing not that I had like a a rough way that I grew up or like a lot of uh, rough experiences but I think that what is pushed in our face a lot is the fact that we're black so Growing up, like, you really recognized your blackness. And I don't think there was a lot of space to be like, oh, but I'm a woman or I'm a girl. And that is what I'm proud of. It was really like, no, you're black. And, okay, depending on who's having the conversation, like, be proud of your blackness or, you know, things like that. So, yeah, before this year, I definitely would probably have led with just my blackness. Um, but now I think I am, I mean, I've always enjoyed being a woman and like how important that is. Um, but I, I'm starting to feel like that is where my identity is first, is being a woman versus like black woman. No, I'm a woman who happens to be black. So, yeah. So race has always been like on the forefront for you, Ken? Mm-hmm. Like, really? Yeah, and not even because it was like race issues. I just think anything, because y'all know I be having passions and stuff. So anything that I was ever passionate about had a lot to do with like minorities. So people who look like me. It was never like a minority standpoint from a woman, though. It was always just like, passions just to have like you know equal opportunities or access or to be seen a certain way or to not be judged a certain way because of like the color of your skin so yeah I think yeah for me it led with just my blackness and like what that means and like being proud and um yeah it versus a woman which I don't know I wonder if anybody else (laughs) 
feels that way. <laughs> right now, that's why. I, this is exactly why I asked you that because I, I definitely didn't get that. What, whereas, like, definitely had those same feelings, and you know, definitely wanted to walk with the people and do that. But you know, I went to a PWI. Mm-hmm. I didn't like. I went to. I went to in high school a predominantly black high school, but elementary and middle. School was very diverse. I, I didn't notice color or see, you know, that kind of stuff or experience issues like that. I even I even dated outside my race for a long time in college. So it wasn't until I think that experience where the blackness was like boom in my face because my family was like, uh, say what now, huh? Who you dating? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so that's when I really, or when we got the, you know, like stairs and the people would make the comments, I, I didn't get to, and I was grown by then. I was yeah. like an adult at that yeah. point. So it wasn't like in my face, up close and personal until later in life for me. Yeah. I see, I don't, and it's not even and for then, me. And of course, I had to stand on my soapbox and let it be known. <laughs> right. For me, it's not even about like blackness or things happening it's just that I think that was just the conversation it really I didn't have many conversations about oh like being a woman and and things like that it was it was like oh like blackness so that's why I think for me I just kind of always led with like blackness and then a woman well really it was Christian um in my latter years as an adult it became like my identity in Christ then black, then woman. But now I am like woman first, right? And all those other things are just at the core of who I am. So I'm just starting to walk into that now. Um, And it's a beautiful thing because women are freaking amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I stand by my prediction that we are going to rule the world eventually. Girl, we already done it. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to scare anybody, but yes, like. <laughs> Did you say you didn't want to scare people? Okay, yeah. You get scared when, they, when we start talking about women taking over. And don't let it be a, a, a minority woman. That's who. See, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. You see, every time. Uh, <laughs> but I, th- I was thinking about that, um, and this is on topic, but off topic of where we're going. When we think about uh, the women's rights movements and all those things, how a lot of times when you see pictures or videos of that, you see white women mostly doing those things. Um, and I know within the last couple of years, you know, they've had some black people come to the forefront of some of those um, organizations. But as a whole, it's just like when you think about our history, even if we were a woman, we had to fight for our blackness. Like, we ain't had time to be marching talking about equal pay. I just want to be equal, okay? Like, <laughs> so when you think about it, for a long time, black women um, didn't have that space to just freely say, oh, okay, now I'm going to march about rights of a woman. I'm just trying to be seen as equal. Yeah. I think that's the difference. Like, they, you see so many white women on the forefronts of these platforms and these organizations because it's all they ever had to fight for. They mm-hmm. all, they want equal pay. They want equality because they already have seats at the table. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> fight for anything else whereas we trying just trying to get a seat can we get in the door <laughs> right yeah are the doors of the church open for me and you yeah so but that's why i love how i guess i could say our country specifically because i know that in other parts of the world women are still having some very difficult challenges and you know, although we have our own things here in America, we are light years ahead of some people. I mean, I guess depending on how you look at it, <laughs> depending on what you're into. So, yeah, <laughs> depending on what you're into. Uh, so I just, I, but I've really been loving this. I think just like 2021, I've I've really enjoyed celebrating. Um, although I think you know us having a month is pretty whack. Uh, even the fact that we got to have one is whack, but the fact that then it's only a month is whack. Then it's even whacker that all the spaces that should be celebrating or educating in those areas don't do it. And that's super whack. But, um, I guess I just been off the high of like that. And then now it's like, we're into women's history month and I'm like, yes, go women. Uh, so I'm just like on fire for just celebrating women, um, not even like women who've had all these quote-unquote accomplishments, just an everyday woman, because that's just tough in itself. Yeah, Amen to that, sister. <laughs> but we should we we should challenge ourselves. We we limit ourselves when we only box it into one month mm-hmm. for Black history or women's history. We should always be speaking of our history and because clearly we have to learn people something every day. Ooh, I, don't even get me started on the on the secular news. Don't don't do uh, it. <laughs> but yeah, uh clearly we're we're educating people still today is old, um, on just like rights and wrong and why things happen or, you know, why why people do have to fight so hard for equality so yeah definitely it's a challenge to us that to always have our history be known and celebrated and whether it's women's or black mm-hmm. we have to do our due diligence to not keep us in a box for those little two months right right so um but now that we're here <laughs> I, I think, you know, obviously when you talk about the Bible, we spend a lot of time talking about Jesus, of course. Um, we spend a lot of time talking about Paul, I think. Um, and I'm trying to think of name, you know, like the names in the Bible that we spend a lot of time talking about. David, Solomon. Yeah. All these men. And, you know, we don't spend that much time. We don't really hear about the ladies too much. Unless it's a uh, women's day at the church house. <laughs> right. Are we talking about Proverbs 31 or something? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just super excited to highlight uh, really the woman who God used to start all of this Christian conversation. Um, how dope is that to be Mary who had a little lamb? Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, and I know we were talking the other day, when you think about Mary's story, I th- I think, like, that story is so deep, but honestly, it's, like, told in one little part of the Bible, and then that's it. 
And I'm like, I need some more. Like, because this is, this is a lot. Like, could you imagine? Um, first of all, let's just start from the beginning. Some, somebody's showing up in your room talking okay. about the Lord. That made me think about the supernatural and how, like, in the Western world, at least, or at least in my um, sphere of the Western world, I don't feel like we really dibble and dabble into the supernatural that much. But it's all throughout the Bible. Like, let an angel show up in somebody's bedroom. You're going to want to fight. You're going to be scared. You running. You, the angel might have a great message like he had for Mary, but you're not going to know what it was because you're going to be gone. Isn't you turn the lights on. Yeah. Isn't it that we don't dabble in the supernatural or we don't recognize what it is? Mm-hmm. And we say it's a dream or right. it's a, you know how you say, oh, my mind, my gut told me something. Mm-hmm. And it really is supernatural. Oh. I mean, it definitely could look different from the days uh, when uh, the spirit of God encountered David and he started dancing out of his clothes. Like, it could definitely look different from that. But I've had spiritual encounters where... I mean, it's very visible, it's very audible, it's very real, and I just sit up and pay attention, but I gotta tell you, that's that's old, uh, that's old sense. My grandmother used to always tell me, you know, when God is trying to tell you something, he gonna figure out a way to get your attention, and that could be, you know, a spirit sitting at the, uh, end of your bed, right. saying, look here, <laughs> I don't know how else to come to you, but this way... And just being attentive. But, yeah, I think it does look different from the days of old. It, it, it could come in a dream. It could come in a small, audible voice. It could come in the form of a friend telling you something. Like, God uses whatever he needs to use to get the message to us. And back to what Kendallin was saying, like, can you imagine? Absolutely not. Like, I feel like if I were married, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I'm not the one. Maybe let me help you find somebody who yeah. will be able to do this. Because let's be clear, like Mary was very aware, I think, and I'm saying this assumptively, of course, because I have not had a conversation with her, but via the text, it it seems, and I, and I can I can back it up, that she was aware of everything that was going to happen because Jesus Christ himself was a prophecy and everybody knew the prophecy like she was a really good Jew mm-hmm. like her and her I mean she followed the law she she was really good that that is very clear and so she understood what the Messiah would have to endure so think about an angel coming to you and telling you that you have to give birth to what you know is going to literally break your heart and you know this like think about it if we got in would we really get into relationships if we knew what the end was probably not so if I knew I was just like I don't think I'm strong enough and then you know of course God is going to show you that you are but I don't want to be shown I I couldn't I y'all I'm so I couldn't I'm saying I couldn't and watch Jesus be like, okay, let me, don't test it out, Lord. Right. Tell me to do. I promise you I will. But the magnitude of what she bore, 
not only in being this transport of, you know, God himself, but just what she knew was coming. Like, oof, I don't know. Mary, did you know she did? Mary, did you know? (laughs) And she did the dang on thing anyway, so. Mary holds high regard in my book. Like you said, Robin, I I am a firm believer, and I'm making assumptions as well, that because of how Mary's life was described as she was younger, she she was set apart. She yeah. lived her whole life differently. She was surrendered and sold out for the Lord in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so I think she, she definitely was chosen because had he picked anybody else, they probably would have. You know, I'm like, nah, uh, they would have pulled a Brandy or Robin <laughs> and been like, I'm going to head out. Um, nah, you ain't talking to me. You must be mistaken. <laughs> and so she did know. I, 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 I can assume that she did know. Mm-hmm. And he he knew that she would fulfill what it was, what was needed to be done. Yeah. I think that's beautiful, too, like. Because I, I, I think, like, at the core of most of us, especially when we start on those Christian journeys, like, we want to be used by God or you want, like, how awesome is that to know that, like, you were just so, maybe not perfect because we don't know her life and let the name tell, tell about her when she was younger. But just, like, to know that um, whatever you were doing was, was good enough for God to, like, actually use you in a real way. Which is what a lot of us pray for now. Um, so I think that's pretty cool that... Because you're right. I just didn't even think her whole reaction to the situation showed that one, she was already a woman, like you guys said, to set apart. Uh, showed that she was in tune with the spiritual. Had to be. Because everybody else had been fighting. Like, what? Who was you? Uh, and that, And that God definitely trusted her. I mean, he has to trust you to give you something like that, you know? Great, because what, what if Mary would have sold Jesus to, never mind. <laughs> or traded him for a loaf of, yeah. don't worry about it. Or moved. <laughs> what if Mary would have moved? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this ain't working, Joseph, because he up in here talking crazy, and I'd have told him this. You Absolutely. know, there is just, there is something very special about her. In just her ability to respond, yes, Lord, I will. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, let me just say this. You, you definitely don't have to be perfect for God to choose you to do something special for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the awesomeness of God that he, you know, the Bible says, I'll make the rocks cry out. Like, I don't, I can use anybody. Like, we we put Paul on a, a very special, a very special place. But Paul was low down and dirty, like probably the low down and dirtiest of, you know, these different characters that are displayed in the Bible. But God used him in such a mighty way that brought so much to so much impact to the kingdom. And so while Mary may not have been perfect, God chose her. But then her response was, yes, mm-hmm. her response was, I will. And. Well, even before she said yes, though, she did ask how, because she was a virgin. 
but she's she, a virgin. But she asked one question that was kind of like a practical question you would ask, like, because I know how you make babies. Right. But think about us, though. When God gives us something, ooh, just preaching to myself. Come on. How many questions do you ask before you just say yes? And I don't even think God is like um, concerned with us asking questions because I, I think he just is concerned with our yes. But I think what asking a hundred million questions, which I will do, does is allows time and room for doubt to set in, procrastination to even do what he calls you to do, the more that you're questioning it. And sometimes the questions we ask are just like... Why does this question even matter to what I'm calling you to do? I think her question was a great question because it's just like, how am I going to have a baby, sir? I had no sexual relations. Um, but after he said, don't worry about all that, the Holy Spirit going zoom, zoom. She was like, oh, okay, then cool. <laughs> if that was me, I would have been like, so when you say the Holy Spirit is going to, like, what do you, first of all, he would have been tired of me. He'd be like, Jesus, you got to send somebody else because I'm tired of talking to her. Well, God, well, God, you got to send somebody else. You're not going to zoom by that. Let's back it up. Let's talk about this some more. Right. Right, because we, I'm like, I'm be eating for two. Like, am I going to be, I'm going to gain a whole lot of weight. I'm going to gain a little bit of weight. Like, my feet going to swell up. Like, I got a whole lot of questions. Like, these people, you going to have my back when these people are side-eyeing me. Right. Well, I really want to know. Right. You know what, y'all, questions questions will definitely allow the opportunity for doubt to set in, but questions will also allow an opportunity for God to show you himself mm-hmm. against all of your questions. Um, and hopefully in that in that instance, elevate your faith in him. Like, and that's why I think it is important as Christians that we, you know, we grew up, don't you question God? <laughs> it's okay. He can handle it. Like, you can ask your questions and you can even say I don't know how because I can definitely imagine Mary saying I don't know how this is going to happen considering I'm a virgin and also considering I'm getting ready to get married like sway this is not going to look good and I've been trying to live right as a good Jewish woman should like I don't want to bring shame to this house or to my husband and then of course Joseph had to be uh, had to be let in so he could understand and then away in a manger, you know, she goes to have the lowly Jesus. Yeah. And it all begins. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome that I think God definitely can handle our questions, but I think the difference is why Mary was such a G is because she, she asked her question and as soon as she was given an answer, she was like, okay. I think we can't let our questions paralyze our guests. And a lot of times it does uh, versus, of course, you can ask questions through the process and try to get clear understandings. But that doesn't take away from the fact that you still need to be doing whatever it is that God has just asked you to do. So listen, because that that was a big ask. Uh, And really for a lot of the implications that Brandy was just pointing out, just like, you know, you're a virgin. Who gonna believe that? When the last time a virgin got pregnant? Never. <laughs> so, just Egypt. for that alone. <laughs> What'd you say? 
saying these Jezebels gonna be out here judging me, Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, you know they've been waiting for me to fall. I've been the holiest of the holiest. You know, I've been walking in this clean slate, and here I am with child. Yeah. But she said yes. She did. She did. And opened a whole other world. <laughs> right, which gives testament to what what is what is waiting on your guests. And we say that all the time, but honestly, like think about if Mary would have said no. I mean, obviously God could have used somebody else, but like, who knows? Would he have been able to use somebody else at the time he did? Maybe he would have had to wait 100 years until the right person, the right situation. Then what does that do to the world while we wait? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it is such a cliche. Like, you know, someone's waiting on you to say yes. Or someone's waiting on you to be obedient. But, like, they really are. Yeah. Because if we know anything about God, timing, time is everything you know everything happens in its perfect time when it's supposed to and so ooh, if he asked you five months ago he wants you to five months ago start yeah yeah but he have his ways too you know Kendall and i can think about just you and i was starting this when he mm. said do it and we was like nah uh-uh probably not right now maybe yeah. later probably gonna come back to it and he was like, no, do it now. <laughs> right. He's like, okay, no. God. Yeah, I agree. I think he, he doesn't let us. I mean, we can run from it. And she could have said no, but he has his way of, you know, sitting us down, like Robin said, at the foot of that bed <laughs> and saying, look at here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, listen, thank God that he will also give us time to process things, you know, and, and still and still put it on us if it's for us specifically, because our lives all have purpose attached to it. And so there are things we're supposed to be doing. So I love the fact that he doesn't give up on on that for us. Like he still tries to always like pull us back to like what our purpose is supposed to be. So that's cool. Um, and so, y'all, even tying this to Women's History Month, I think Mary speaks volumes of what's inside of our own female DNA, and that is just the strength to endure. Like, um, let it not be said that she probably wasn't, even though it's not mentioned in the text, Mary probably was mocked. Like, somebody probably did talk about her, and I'm pretty sure Joseph went through it, um, like how sway how did you, you good with this like i'm pretty sure that happened like time time you know things that have happened in old still happen today nothing has really nothing is new under the sun so i'm pretty sure she did go through but just the strength to carry this out to see this oh my god to see this all the way to his death mm -hmm. like i think that is in our dna as as women just to be that kind of strong just to have that kind of faith just to be able 
to yield that kind of sacrifice. Like, um, I, I kid you not, I was pregnant in December during Christmas time and just knew in my spirit my son was coming early. He did not. He came on time, but I was listening to the song, Mary, Did You Know? Mm-hmm. And y'all was in my car bawling because I could not imagine having to essentially watch my kid die and suffer Mm -hmm. for what is right, for what I know is right, for what my people know is right. And I just, I was unconsolable. Like I had to just literally sit in the parking lot for a while before I could contain myself because that's gotta be scary. But she was so strong that she, she just, she pushed through. She pushed through all of that. And then, like, I'm pretty sure Jesus was not, I mean, he is Lord of Lords, King of Kings. King of Kings. But I'm sure he was a, a regular Hebrew little boy running around, getting into trouble. Maybe mommy had to spank that foot. I can't imagine, you know, if I'm giving birth to Jesus, then I would even have to do that. But she may have, and just, you know, the, the normalcy of motherhood, right? Being a mom and, 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 you know, this, this, this beautiful being that is part man, part God came from you. Like you were the portal to transfer this and to just, to have to watch that, to have to bear witness to that, not just the good things, right? Not just the miracles that he performed, not just the preaching that he did, but also the suffering that he had to endure. Like she had a front row to all of that. I just, man, like hats off to her just as, as that willing vessel, like to do that. Like we carry the word of God, but she carried God. <laughs> that's, mm. that's big. I can't even imagine, you know, not being a mom yet. I already know like there are pressures. I mean, I don't understand from personal experience, but I understand the pressures of trying to like, you know, keep a kid alive. But I can't even imagine like what she was thinking about on a daily basis, not only trying to keep him alive, but trying to always have him in an environment that would nurture who she was told he was supposed to be. Like, that's heavy. Like, what would you do with that? Like, just have, like, you know, like, this is the Messiah. <laughs> you can't send him a little, uh, your cousin Pookie in them house. Cause you know, they be over there. <laughs> Gambling. Right. Domino's. Flipping the tables from Domino's, cussing each other out. Selling chicken plates, fried chickens. Gonna send him down to the corner store to get the uh, bill when they run out, talking about just tell him you 21. Like, it's. Take this note. You know, all the stuff that we had to do. (laughs) Or at least I had to do. (laughs) It's just like, you know, Mary, although she was. very spiritual, very like walk close with God. We have to assume that she had a human nature about herself as well. So there may have been some moments. Like I could imagine if I were married, I would have probably had a lot of moments where I locked myself in my room just so I wouldn't come out and destroy what God has tried to give me if I'm having like one of those days. Because I think that can mess you up too. Not not realizing that, you know, the gift is going to be the gift no matter what, right? 
But I think in our human, in our human way, you know that you, I know like, I know adult people who have ruined children. And so I don't know how it worked for Mary with the Messiah, but I, I figured she had a chance to ruin him too. Absolutely. Like, I'm sure there were instances where God had to intervene and kind of put Mary back in her place. And that, that's a, that's a, that's a difficult place for me as a woman and just as a follower of God, because I am doing this for you, essentially for your country, for your kingdom. And I think that there were moments, um, that God had to intervene and just say, don't forget, you know, this is what I asked you to do. Everything else after this is not on you. And I'm reminded when Jesus um, got lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and well, he didn't get lost. Right. Mama just couldn't find him. And I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure lost. I know how that feels. Let me just say this. <laughs> and Child Protective Services may not come with me. But I know how it feels to one day have one, one moment have your child by your side, and the next moment you're like, oh, oh no, I, oh my god, you know, I just lost my kid, only to find him in the temple, you know, about his father's business, and then even then, that moment when she did find him, I'm pretty sure she was ready to put some hands on him, mm-hmm. but he had to remind her, look here, lady, you know. You were just the vessel to carry me. It's my job to do the work, like and and just constantly having to be reminded. That, uh, pause, cause then the twelve year old had to come out of the twelve year old body and say this Jesus thing to her, and she had to accept it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. God, listen, man, like just. Lord, ha, what, what, huh? What I'm supposed to? Yeah. Wow. But you know what's and so funny? Accept that. You know what's so funny about mentioning that, Brandy? I was just having a conversation with one of my colleagues about the importance of giving kids a voice in the moment and correcting adults in the moment when maybe they have done something to offend kids. So I would say in education, uh, not everywhere because I can't speak for every school. But I can say probably for most schools, most kids probably feel like the adults are right, kids are wrong. And I think that mindset is very dangerous uh, because, one, especially when you think about older kids, it doesn't teach them how to handle conflicts or disagreements when they're older um, because then everything always becomes... I'm the adult. I'm right. I have more wisdom. And obviously, I mean, Jesus was Jesus or Yahushua. I mean, so he a whole nother level, but still he was a kid. And so an an adult could have easily dismissed him, you know, especially like y'all said, as his mama, like I'm the mama. You just told me you about who business? (laughs) Now, if she was a black mama from where I'm from, she would you tell your daddy, I said, that you need to be, you know, (laughs) so I love that, um, I just think that's 12-year-old Jesus is such a perfect example of how God speaks through everybody at any age. Like, we can really learn from kids, and the value of her hearing her son say that and being like, oh, 
okay. You know. <laughs> Having to fall back. Absolutely. Having, Having to, to fall, fall back. back. Say, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I remember. I remember now. And sometimes. Yeah, I remember the angel coming and speaking to me. Right. And sometimes so, we're so worried about disciplining kids that we don't even take a moment to realize I could learn so much from this child. Like, I'm even sure that you want to, you know, smack Solo around a couple of times a day. But when you really sit back and reflect on what having him has done for your life, like, you're learning just as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree with you, Kendall. And, like, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that you can learn from a person of any age and mm-hmm. the, the adult is not always right. Like, I'm pretty much sure I'm wrong a lot of the times in the decisions that I make just because I'm grown don't make it right. But I guess in Mary's in, in Mary's situation, for me, it would be different because she wasn't doing anything wrong. Like, she, she didn't do anything to be corrected and then... It was like boom, but I was, you know, looking for you, and I, I gotta, I gotta protect you, and I'm doing what I'm thinking that's right for you, and oh, okay, yeah. She didn't do it. While she didn't do anything wrong to the human experience, to the spiritual experience, and what, and now what Jesus was called to do outside of her, she was um, questioning. I, I would say maybe something that he felt like. I get that you have expectations for me, but you also have to remember that I'm here outside of you for something different. And so while though it wasn't wrong, I think like Robin kind of alluded to earlier, it was just that reminder that he is not my own. And of course, living day to day with him, you we get that. Oh, let me say I'm a perfect, perfect example of this as a school counselor. So I used to do middle school, okay? So I would have the kids for three years. And I always wanted to go to high school. But one reason I was like, oh, let me go to high school is because I'm like, oh, I would have the kids for more years. Like, I'll have them for four years. But at my school, we're split. So I have two grade levels. The other counselor has two grade levels. So technically, I actually have them under my, like, direct uh, responsibility, at least, for only two years. And then while I still get to see them in the building more times, I still don't have that direct influence. Like, I could, right? But then I have, like, other kids I have to influence as well. And so I love that he pointed out, or that you pointed out, like, you know, the fact that she is the vessel. And I think that sometimes, a lot, especially in our society, we really minimize the power of being a vessel, of birthing something, um, that or something that's just flowing through you that maybe is not stopping with you because I think our human nature and how society is set up, specifically America, is set up where we want the the praise, the glory for everything that we've ever put our hands on. So you think about uh, a coach that started coaching somebody football when they were five and they maybe coached them for five years. Well, that coach is really not in their life when they're a high school uh, kid. But what if they were just like, oh, but I want to I wanna be there when you get signed. So that, you know, you can't go on the full journey with everything that you birth. But we want to. But you have to realize that you can't. And so I think for me, just as a counselor, because I can be very, like, protective and possessive over the kids that I get. I just have to realize, like, I have to be a beast in what God called me to do 
in the time frame that he gave it to me because they always won't be here. And so when they're out of my responsibility, I got to be able to sleep at night and be okay with like what I did is why I was their counselor and then sit back and just watch them go to that next level that God is calling them. Because at the end of the day, I'm just a vessel. And that'd be hard to swallow because you'd be wanting to be like, but oh, that's my baby, Pookie Mook Shook. I should be <laughs> there. I want to be in the thank yous when they're about to graduate. And I want to be this and I want to be that. But it ain't about you, Sway. But, but shouldn't we consider everybody like that? Like, not just Jesus. Like, he's like, when we birth, like, even Solomon, he's not yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, like, so we should. But it's have hard. Fly. This to ourselves. You said, but it's wrong. It's hard. Yeah, I was just about to say that 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 just reigns in the the reality of Mary's struggle. Like that's hard. Yeah. I wish Solomon would come up on signing day and not say my mama was the one who put the ball in my hand. Like I wish he would because how how insignificant does that make me if I'm not at least recognized as something important to him. And I'm reminded of, and I I think I even preached about this once, that it had to have been a slap in Mary's face. When at the cross, Jesus tells her, you know, woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. And he wasn't talking about himself. Like, I have to, I'm with you. I support you and I love you. And I was so willing to be this that God called me to be. And you turn me over to someone else and you don't even acknowledge me as your mother. And I think that just yields to the importance of purpose. Mm -hmm. That when we understand what our purpose is, those sorts of things, I'm not going to say they don't affect you because we are still, you know, encapsulated in this human condition where I'm pretty sure it does affect us. But if we keep our minds stayed on the, the purpose of God's nature and of his spirit, then it shouldn't bother us. Mm-hmm. But my God, I, I, I just, that's a slap in the face. Here I am at the base of the cross watching them kill you. And you, you turn me over. You, you give me to someone else without acknowledging me as yours right and I think it's in that moment you know Mary I'm pretty sure she does recognize especially in that moment that he didn't come for her he came for the entire world and so I can't just be Mary mother of Jesus I have to be Mary a child of God who God chose to use in such this great cause that now the prophecy the very, the very thing that we as, as, as Israelites, as Hebrews were living for, that we were waiting on, has now come to pass. And I'm witnessing it. So there, there's a joy there. There's a sorrow. But there, there's a joy that I get to witness this, this miracle happening. But, I mean, when I tell you, when we decided to, to talk about Mary, it just... It places you in a very good place, but it also puts you in a very human place, I think. I'm not even going to regard it as a bad place, but a very human place. And it's not just about her passing Jesus through. Think about it in terms of what God has asked us to do. 
and what God has purposed us to do. And so one of the things that I'm starting to come into an awakening during my little incubation period is that a lot of things God calls us to, we sometimes shy away from that is supposed to be great, great impact in his kingdom. And it's like, I don't want to do it. Okay, I'll do it. But then we have like a little, a little stinkiness with it. And I'm, I'm totally speaking for myself, but the boldness of Mary to carry out this mission, even to the cross, even to him raised, being raised again, not to mention Mary has more kids who follow her first, her firstborn, having to watch them suffer as well. Um, the brothers of, of, of Christ having to watch them suffer as well for the sake of God it's bigger than us. Like if we walk in our purpose, we're good. It's when we start trying to not walk in our purpose that it gets a little sketchy, but I'm just reminded that her work lets me know that God's plan is bigger than these, these small little things that we feel. Um, losing him in the temple um, him getting smart with her at the wedding and even moving her to somebody else at the cross. <laughs> Those are little things compared to this greatness um, that she was a part of. So I'm sorry, guys. I just. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mary does it to me, y'all. <laughs> I think, though, but I think the human nature in us, that, that whole being a part of part is is a thing like we don't want to just be a part sometimes we want to be the reason now realizing that you know we're not not in any thing that is done um are we the reason yeah everything is for god so um two things one uh i just recently took on like a huge task of directing our black history program, which was a play, um, which was pretty awesome. I love doing it. And so much of, um, what happened with the program and how this the whole day went was really because my foot was on people's necks, right? Because I was behind the scenes, but a very interesting thing happened when the principal got up to, you know, give the formalities and thank everybody who was a part of it. You know, first thing he said was, you know, forgive me if I, I miss out on somebody. So when he did his public thanks, he did not thank me, which uh, I think there's a moment of like, er, like I have put weeks, okay, a month into making this um, what it was. But then I had to check myself and, you know, if you're doing things, if you're doing things and want things to be awesome just to get a thanks for it, that's a problem. Because at the end of the day, what really happened was the program was one of the best we ever had. The kids had so much pride in it. Um, just like the whole day was amazing. And I think that did more for our school community than it did for one individual person being like, oh, do you know I was one who put this whole thing on and you didn't say thank you? Uh, and so I think that was a very humbling experience because, yes, obviously people should appreciate you where appreciation is due if they can. But if they don't, it's okay because God 
purpose you for that moment for something bigger than you anyway. And so you have to let your ego go and say, but this is so many other things happen because this went the way it went that I need to be thankful for that. And it's okay. If I was in the background and nobody ever knew that this was my, you know, blood, sweat and tears, that's okay. And so I think that's one of those, like, that. that's the thing we're talking about. You know, Mary birthing him and really having to fade in the background, like Brandy said, fade into the background like Homer Simpson. When it all came to pass, how easy would it have been? And Brandy, you know this, and Robbie Lou, you may know this too. We are grown women with mamas who still, you know, at some point, I think, try to... Um, have I'm not gonna say like control but just like this huge role in like what's happening in your life now and and you have to remind them or God needs to remind them that she's not yours he's not yours so so whatever purpose I'm setting them out to do it may not look like what you did you know like I'll hop on a plane in a second and go out the country my mom won't do that so for her like you know, she really doesn't get it. She has more fear for that, but I don't. But she can't, like, hold me back because that's not her. Because I'm not her. I'm purpose for something different. And so that makes me think about how many parents, because of, you know, them just forgetting that they are the vessel, have choked out kids' purposes. How many families, and we, we hear this with a lot of other cultures, they only got three options. Okay, you better be an engineer, lawyer, or a doctor. But we need more than that in the world. It's wild. This parenting stuff, <laughs> or just even Mary's sacrifice, really shows you a lot about what God is calling us to do with everything he gives us. Me too. That, that's a big word, sacrifice. I mean, Mary's story is, uh, <laughs> we joke, but Brandy's right. Like she, she, she has a, what, a couple of verses, a couple of instances, mm-hmm. even in the synoptic uh, gospels, I think she's only mentioned twice and then everything else is all about Jesus. But I mean, and we've talked about it. We've talked about how, let me just say this. There are a lot of women in the Bible, but you don't know their names because it says something like a certain woman. Or there was a woman like they don't even give. But there are lots and I mean lots of women in the Bible that have significant impact on how everything just just manifested all the way from Genesis to Revelation. And so when we think about Mary's sacrifice, what she gave up, she gave up her identity. Mm -hmm. Essentially to be what God called her to be. And can we do that? Can we say that it's not about us? That it's just about the work. Can we say that, uh, it's not about the recognition. It's just about the purpose because I'm reminded that when Jesus was out performing his miracles, he was very specific in telling the people that he healed. Don't tell anybody about this. But I I also remember that, they couldn't contain it. I mean, to go from being blind to now I can see, I got to tell somebody. Like, you don't want me to tell anybody? I got to tell somebody. And so I just think that even with Mary's story, even with with the sacrifice, the faithfulness, the strength that she, um, that she shows to us, 
there's also a lesson in making sure that we understand our purpose is only glory to God. Like whatever we do for kingdom's sake, whatever we do for Christ's sake, whatever we do that God is asking us to do, that we can't allow ourselves to find uh, to find glory in that, but that all of that glory belongs to God. And Ken, you're not in that boat by yourself by any stretch of the imagination, because I think we all extend ourselves in some way, shape, or form and get no, you know, no response to what we've done or no response to what we've accomplished. But we have to keep our eyes on the prize and just keep putting one foot in front of the other, understanding that everything we do is with the purpose of God getting glory. Um, I remember um, ever since my child has been in the world, I have been the financial backing for the last six plus years. And you would, if you had a conversation with him, you would think my mom or even um, his dad is the only person in the world that does anything when granted they do things, but not nearly as much as me. And so I find myself, you know, reminding Solomon of something that he has no idea about, which was the 40 hours I was in labor. It's like, dude, do you know that's over a day? Like, that's almost two days. Come on, can I get a little credit? But you, I need to get off of that because at the end of the day, you're happy and you're healthy, and that's what's important. The purpose that you're here. You know, God gave me you to, you know, protect you for as long as I can until you're ready to be used. And when you're ready to be used, like you said, you no longer belong to me, which you're not mine now. Um, I remember when my brother passed away, my cousin said something that really hurt me in that moment, but grew me as a Christian once I got over my hurt. And that was, you know, he never really belonged to y'all. And it hurt me in that moment because it's like, how dare you say this? But as I grew in, in my love and understanding of God, it's true. Like we belong to God. He gets the the beginning and the final say as to what our 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 paths look like. So yeah. It's it's a lot. It but what it is is extremely special. Um and it's a gift and I think we have to start thinking with that mindset. Like we are just a vessel Great things are passing through us. So, I appreciate Mary for just being an example of to how that should be done. And, too, you made a point that there were always women on the scene in Bible times. Always women. We just don't hear about them much. But we're, we were, you know, designed to be helpers. And a lot of times as helpers, you are in the background a little bit, but <laughs> you making that thing go. So it's a very important role that you have to be humble to play well. Okay. Well, I think this is a great start to the conversation about uh, Mary's contributions, but not only just Mary, but just a bigger picture of what women do. Um, and the sacrifices that we make every day uh, just to push out 
kingdom agendas. That's extremely important. And so it's great that we started the conversation here. And we will continue the conversation uh, probably in a week or so um, on our live. So if you all just look out on our Instagram, follow us at God and Lemonade. And when we start promoting us going live again to finish the conversation of just how awesome women are. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. But yes, until next time, guys, remember. God is in the details.